After a much-needed off day without Phillies baseball, the Phillies are back in action tonight down at Citizens Bank Park. And boy, do we need the Phillies back in action. Always tough with the off days during the season. We've had a few, four, three off days over the last, like, nine days. So nice to get the Phillies back in action for the rest of this week. Phillies-Giants tonight we'll dive into it all and uh look ahead to what is coming up where they sit in the standings the trade deadline and a whole lot more this is phillies today i'm your host james seltzer it is tuesday july the 30th as we come off an off day yesterday prior to that a disappointing weekend at home against los angeles braves a nine to two loss on friday 15 to seven loss on saturday before being able to salvage the series with a win on Sunday, 9-4 to four over the Braves. But all in all, as we discussed yesterday, just a incredibly disappointing weekend from a Phillies team that far too often has come up small in big series, in big spots. It seems to be a continual, continuous theme with this team that if the game is uh, something that we feel or most people feel is a big series, the Phillies will come out flat. It's just what they've done and... Um, we will talk about it, dive into it all. We will look ahead to this huge series with the San Francisco Giants and, of course, the trade deadline tomorrow. So a lot to discuss. First, before we look ahead, before we discuss the trade deadline, the Phillies, in fact, made a trade yesterday. Maybe not the big, exciting trade everyone's hoping for, but a trade nonetheless. We'll dive into that as well. But first, a quick look back at the weekend. We won't go game by game like we did on yesterday's show, but... Just a, a quick mention, something we talked about yesterday that, that seemed to be a, a big topic of discussion yesterday was Gabe Kapler's decision to go to Cole Irvin in a 5-1 to game in the sixth inning of game one of the series against the Atlanta Braves on Friday. And um, I criticized the decision yesterday, and I still feel pretty strongly about that criticism, the idea that it feels like too often this season Gabe has almost conceded games, you know, by his pitching decisions, by his managerial decisions, basically has said at certain points in games, hey, we're not winning this, so let's, you know, maybe save an arm or whatever. And it's funny because baseball, that's one of the weird quirks about baseball as a sport, is that it's really the only sport where you do have to concede games at a certain time, you know, in a way. Um, it's the only sport without a clock too. So in a sense, you're never really dead until you're officially dead, but, um, until those final outs are made, but, um, it is a sport where you do have to think about the next day. There are 162 games in a very short period of time, comparatively the 180 days, whatever it is. And, um, it's tough on a day-to-day basis obviously with pitchers, with relievers, with bats, all that stuff, where you do have to look ahead and you do have to say, all right, we're down six runs in the seventh inning. I'm probably not going to use my best pitchers here because I want to save them for a game that matters tomorrow. However, having said all that, while that is something that is a part of baseball, it seems like Kapler's done it far too often, and he does it in big spots where it is not time to concede that game. This was a four-run deficit in the sixth inning at home with Soroka out of the game and a bad Braves bullpen to try and hang on to that lead. And a bullpen 
that was coming off two off days that week and an off day yesterday following the series. You had three off days in the span of nine days, in the span of eight days in that case. And yet Gabe didn't use his best relievers in that spot. And I understand it's 5-1. You're not going to maybe use a high leverage. It's not a high leverage situation. But at the same time, with knowing that Zach Eflin was going the next day and knowing just how horrendous Eflin has been, don't you do everything you can to win that game on Friday? This is a series you have to have. The biggest series of the season. The series that essentially can end the NL East for you if you lose it. And, and it didn't feel like they had any urgency. It didn't feel like the players had any urgency. And, and even worse, it felt like Kapler didn't have any urgency. It felt like he managed that game as if it was just ho-hum another baseball game. I will get him tomorrow. And at a certain point, you can't look at things that way. At a certain point, the games become more important. There's less than 60 of them left. You're playing the team with the best record in your division. You're at home. That's the type of series you play to win. And I thought the decision to bring in Cole Irvin, and, and some people have disagreed, most do not, that it felt like it was a waving of the white flag, and it ultimately ended up being a waving of the white flag as Irvin was horrendous and the game fell apart, and that was it. But in the moment, and multiple times this season in the moment, it has felt that Cap, it has felt, I have felt at least that Kapler has decided that a game is not winnable before he should decide that game is not winnable especially with the, the weight or importance of that game, especially thinking about who's starting the next day. These are all factors that have to be weighed in these situations, and I feel like Gabe has not done the best job at that this season. And then when you pair that with the fact that, as we saw on Friday night, and even more disappointingly, on Saturday, after losing that game on Friday, the no-show, you lose 9-2 to at home in the biggest game of your season at that point, and then you come out the next night and you're down 14 to 1 by the fifth inning? This team hasn't shown up too many times this season. There have been too many big spots where this team has just not shown up. They haven't been ready to play, they haven't been ready to compete. Non competitive at bats, non competitive base running, non competitive fielding. And I've been a pretty big supporter of Gabe Kapler through his tenure. I've been one of those people who's, you know, kind of shouting for people to stop ripping Gabe, that, you know, people are angry at him for the wrong reasons and this and that. And and while I'm still probably more pro-Gabe than a lot of people, I really have a lot of questions about the way he's handled this season and a lot of these situations. Again, I, look, a fair amount of the blame absolutely has to be placed at Matt Clintag's feet. This pitching staff is a train wreck. And to think that it was good enough coming into the season, that's on Klentak. That's on the front office. And look, I I'm ripping Kapler for using Cole Irvin. It's not like he has a ton of great options in that pen, especially with all the injuries. But at a certain point, it has to come back on the manager. I mean, you see teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, a team like the team that's coming into town tonight, the San Francisco Giants, who are way less talented than this Phillies team. Across the board, from the starting rotation to the bullpen to the bats, not as talented. And yet they're finding ways to play better than their talent should suggest. And yes, the Giants have an all-time great manager in Bruce Bochy. 
But I think at a certain point, we, we always, we, a lot of people are saying, oh, you got to blame Klintak, blame Klintak, and that's fair. Klintak deserves blame here as well. But at a certain point, the manager has to be culpable too. And I'm starting to reach that point with Gabe Kapler. I've just seen too many situations, and then too many situations where there's no accountability after that. And look, I've never been one of those people who felt really angry or upset with the way Gabe handles the media and the fact that he's always so positive and he won't throw his players under the bus and all that. Like, it's never really bothered me. I, I don't see a ton of value to, to throwing players under the bus in public. I don't, I don't have a problem with someone not wanting to do that. But having said that, at a certain point, the words start to ring hollow. And there just feels like there's no accountability for actions. When Gabe is coming out after two embarrassing games like that and trying to, you know, put lipstick on the pig, as it were, it just comes off disingenuous. It just doesn't feel right. And it makes it hard to believe what he's saying. And I think that when you look at that locker room, when there's no accountability for actions, and we talked about it a lot with the Segura situation, the hustling, and then Cesar, and then Franco, and now... You know, when there's no accountability for actions, when there's no fear of repercussion, when it just feels like no matter what you do, Gabe's going to be your buddy, Gabe's going to be your pal, then why would there ever be any reason for people to, to push it, to play it? They have to have that, that personal drive. And look, some players do. But on the whole, it just feels like Gabe is, Gabe is too soft with these guys. And he's certainly too soft in public. And again, I don't need... My manager throwing players under the bus, but I also don't need my manager trying to tell me how good the uniforms looked or whatever BS type of thing there is to say after your team gets shellacked the way they did. I need Gabe to be a little more real in these situations, and I, and I bet you that clubhouse would prefer he be a little more real in those types of situations. So while I'm not calling for Gabe's head or anything, I'm not there, I'm not at that point where a lot of people have been at, um, but I'm certainly disappointed, and I, I was really disappointed with that Brave series. And look, all the players are saying the right thing. Todd Zalegi put up a piece talking to the players about whether they should punt or be in it. And of course the players are going to say you'd be in it, but a lot of guys speaking up. Bryce Harper said, we've just got to get in. That's it. That's all you got to do. Get in. There are some wild card teams that have won it. Some teams have won the division that, and have won it. So we just got to get it. We have a great group of guys. We have to score runs, pitch well, and just get our foot in the door. We have a chance to do that. So hopefully, if we do make a decision, it will be based on us trying to win this year and next year and the year after that. Love that mentality. It's great. I'm, I'm all for it. But, I mean, right now it looks not just unlikely that they will get in as they're, you know, right there, game back in the wild card, but um, just incredibly unlikely that they could ever do any damage. I, it's one of those things where you look at the Dodgers, you look at the Braves who were just in town, and, and you look at those teams and say, how could this Phillies team ever win a seven-game series against those teams? Has crazy stuff happened? Sure. Would I expect or even consider the real possibility that it could? No. Those teams are way better. They've played better. They earned, they earned that respect that this Phillies team is not. Some other players, Aaron Nolan asked about it, says, that's their decision. We got a great group here. We're not out of it. We don't believe we're out of it. By any means, anything can happen. We got to get on a, we can get on a great run. Cool. Hope so. Romuto says, uh, I've hit the ball just about as hard as I ever have. I have some numbers to show I've been a little unlucky. Obviously, I feel like it produced more at the plate, maybe simplify my approach. I feel like it's coming around. 
and then Kapler says we all have to get a little better. It's the coaching staff, it's our hitters, pitchers, bullpen, everything across the board. We play our baseball, we play we to our potential, and we have a strong club. We're game out of the playoffs right now, Gabe says. I think we're well positioned to make a run. I don't think the clubs that are battling for those positions are better than us. I think we have the capability and talent to be in the room and have a much better second half than we were in the first. All those things should and could be true. But the idea that they are not far behind the Dodgers is asinine. The Dodgers are just a way better baseball team and have proven it night after night after night this season. And look, I think it's important that the Phillies try and make the playoffs. I've said that a number of times. I think there is incredible value in the reps that you can get, in the opportunity for these young players to play deep into September, meaningful games, all that. But I also don't think it's as as close to a realistic possibility as these guys do. And look, these guys are players. These guys are managers. They should say this stuff. But it just, again, going back to what I was just saying, it really feels hollow to me. All those quotes, all those comments feel hollow. When you look at what this team has done, actions speak louder than words. That's a cliche for a reason. This team's actions have not been the actions of a team that feels like a team that's ready to make a run. They just haven't. They haven't won more than five games in a row all season. I mean, at what point has anyone felt like they're going to make a run? Unless they're playing the Mets, it hasn't felt like they've been the better team against anybody this season. You know, at least the last few months, we should say. I know they took two or three from the Pirates. They beat, took two from the Tigers, which was like pulling teeth against, yes, the worst team in baseball, worse than the Orioles. They're three games worse than the Orioles right now. That's how bad the Tigers are. So, and we'll talk about the trade deadline coming up in a minute as the Phillies did make a move yesterday. Not the move I'm sure a lot of people were hoping for, but a move nonetheless. But when you look at the, this team and just the way they played and what they say and the way Kapler kind of has, has kind of led them forward, it just it doesn't feel like a team that's primed to make a run. It doesn't feel like a team that should make the playoffs or can make the playoffs. And, and they can right there. And I think the bigger thing is taking the Dodgers and the Braves really out of the equation, even the Nationals who are a better team than the Phillies, but the Brewers, the Cardinals, these teams aren't that much better than the Phillies. These teams are flawed teams as well. So I understand and I believe that they certainly can win one of those two wild cards. I don't think that's a, a crazy thing to think, especially if they do continue to supplement a little bit here and maybe add some more impactful pieces at the deadline. But to look at this club and say, oh, yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a real playoff team, it would be silly. They're not. They don't, they don't look like one. Can they be by the end of the season? Sure. There is more talent here than, than, than is produced. That's kind of part of the reason I've been annoyed with Gabe lately, as we were talking about, is that, that there is more talent than we have seen on the field. You watch a team like the Oakland A's, who have a way better record than the Phillies right now, and you look at the talent that they roll out there and you say, how are they better than the Phillies? They got Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, and nobody you've ever heard of. They got guys like Josh Fegley, their starting catcher. Have you ever heard of Josh Fegley? Because I hadn't until this season. And I only know him because I watch a lot of baseball. But that's the point is this A's team find, finds ways to win games. They did it last year. The Giants team that's coming to town. They are game and a half behind the Phillies. Just wait till I read their starting lineup to you in a bit. 
it's a bunch of guys who used to be good and no one you've ever heard of. And yet, their sum has been greater than their parts. The Phillies' sum has been way less than their parts, and that's the issue. And while, again, I don't think it's all Gabe's fault, I don't even think a large portion of it is Gabe's fault, at a certain point it comes back on someone. And at a certain point it has to come back on the manager. And, and right now, if they continue to trend this way, I think Gabe's going to be in trouble. I think they have to make the playoffs right now for Gabe to keep his job, and right now that is a tenuous situation. So we will see. But there is the chance that they can make this team better, and, and maybe they did just a little bit with what they did yesterday. Let's dive into that. Coming up, we'll talk trade deadline, the trade the Phillies made, and we'll look ahead to this series with the Giants and more. All that is coming up. It's Phillies Today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. Phillies Today, James Seltzer, the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Tomorrow at 4 p.m., we are in the legit home stretch of the trade deadline here as some moves starting to be made. The Brewers go out and get a starter yesterday. Jordan Lyles from the Pirates. And who else goes to get a starter? How about your Philadelphia Phillies making one of the least exciting trades you can imagine, but they do get a starter. And, man, he can't be worse than Zach Eflin right now, can he? He can't be much worse than Vinny Velasquez, but the Phillies go out and get Jason Vargas, that New York Mets lefty who we know so well, the guy who seemed to struggle against everyone except the Phillies, so at least they won't have to face him anymore. But the Phillies trade minor league catcher Austin Bossart a 26-year-old with very little bat potential, but a nice defensive catcher, really an org guy. They're giving up nothing, essentially. To the New York Mets for Jason Vargas, they also received cash considerations. Vargas is owed a little over $2.6 million of his $8 million salary for the remainder of the season. Uh, so the Phillies will help pay some of that off. And the contract includes an $8 million club option for next year or a $2 million buyout, so... The 36-year-old Vargas could be back next year if the Phillies like what they see at a affordable price. Vargas, 6-5 and five with a 4.01 ERA uh, in 18 starts this season. He has uh, been much better lately. Got off to a rough start, but over the past two months, a 3-3-4 ERA over his last 12 starts. It's nice. Better. Um, he's a 14-year veteran. Um, look, Jason Vargas is not the answer. I think we all know that. We've seen him pitch soft toss and lefty. Very, very uninspiring. But at the same time, um, I can't believe that that it's true, but Jason Vargas is an upgrade right now for this pitching staff. I mean, we're at the point right now, and, and you'd have to assume that that with this move and hopefully another move. Again, we talked a lot about potential pitchers they could trade for. We'll talk more tomorrow and, and the day after, ultimately, as, as trades happen. Um, but... Um, the Phillies will see if they go out and get some real guy like Mike Miner or Lance Lynn or Robbie Ray or one of these real controllable starters we've talked about. But regardless, bringing Vargas into your matters and it helps and he will be a part of this rotation. And it begs the question, is it Eflin or Velasquez who leaves the rotation? As you would assume, Arietta, as long as he's willing to keep pitching through the bone spurs, will continue to pitch through the bone spurs. But um, believe it or not, as much as I can't stand Vinny Velasquez, I think for right now, Zach Eflin needs to go on the IL right now with whatever injury he has. Call it a heavy body if you want. Because Zach Eflin has been an unmitigated disaster. An ERA over 10 in his last six starts. Over 10. That's 10 runs per nine innings pitched. 
That's how horrendous he has been. Zach Gavin can't start a game right now. He has to be placed on the shelf for now. It just is what it is. And again, this is talking about Drew Smiley. I didn't even mention taking Drew Smiley out of the rotation because he was great in his one start. He's only made one start for the Phillies. And he's pitching again tonight. But oh man, Jason Vargas and Drew Smiley are better options than what they have. That's the spot we've been in with this team. So while I am not incredibly enthused about the Vargas move, I guess it helps. It's certainly better than than rolling Eflin out there, even Velasquez, I suppose. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. This is a small move. The Phillies connected to a couple more names yesterday. Yasiel Puig, uh, an interesting name connected to the Phillies. And Alex Colomb, who's a guy I've talked about a lot, them going after the closer for the White Sox, a nice back end of the rotation type of guy who, who has closed a lot, can be their closer, but if no, nothing else, is certainly a arm you could trust in the pen. So um, that's a possibility as well. I do think uh, predicting what happens, I think they add another starter. I think they add a bench bat. I think they add a reliever. I don't think any of them are major, major moves, but every little bit helps when you're where the Phillies are at right now as they do need more bats. Their bench has been whole, just absolutely horrendous, awful bench production. Obviously, we know the, the starting pitching production. We know the issues in the bullpen. So, And again, I think that goes back to why it, it's really a tough decision for Klintak in the front office as to what to do because you want to make the playoffs. You want to you know, invest in this team of guys who are fighting and trying to make it and who are going to be here for a while, a lot of them. So I get it, but at the same time, you also have to measure the real chance to make anything happen this year and how worthwhile it is and what you want to give up for it. And That's why it seems like Trades for Jason Vargas, going to get a guy like Jose Perella from the Padres for cash considerations. These are the types of moves that feel most likely at this point. And while they're not sexy or exciting, they could help the Phillies win a game or two down the stretch and help them get into that wild card spot. So um, they're not unimportant, but right now also not incredibly exciting. Uh, we will have to see what all shakes out. We are one day away from the trade deadline. So a lot of action still to be able to see. How it plays out. All right, tonight the Phillies get back at it. Thank goodness. As Drew Smiley will take on Tyler Beattie for the Giants. Smiley, it'll be really exciting to just see Smiley pitch again for the Phillies. We only saw that one start. was so good and almost has become a mythical figure um, since then. Um, But I mentioned before the Giants lineup they'll be going up against. Tell me how many of these guys you know. As they're going up against guys like, uh, yeah, Buster Posey, you know, but Alex Dickerson. How about Mike Yastrzemski? Yes, Carl's grandkid. Yeah, guys like, uh, you know, how about that uh, Kevin PR? You know who Kevin PR is? <laughs> A few other names you might know. Pablo Sandoval, 32-year-old Pablo's back. Steven Vogt, 34-year-old's been around. Evan Longoria uh, has been on and off the field. But there, Brandon Belt's a name you might know. But, man, this is not an exciting bunch of players. Not a good baseball team. And yet they're only a game and a half behind the Phillies because they have uh, really – capitalize on what they uh you know what they can they've played really good baseball bruce bochi deserves a ton of credit and um it's really uh talk about tough spots or front offices Farhan zahidi and the giants have had to kind of reconsider their whole season in a sense where they were clear sellers i mean madison Bumgarner and will smith were the two guys that we thought most likely to be traded a month and a half ago and now the they might actually add guys <laughs> they might have to supplement it is a big series for them as well so um, it's going to be really interesting to sh- see how it shakes out, of course. Monster series 
because they're fighting for a wild card, because there are trade implications. Just a really interesting, exciting series that the Phillies really need to win two or three. This is a massive series. And hopefully the Phillies can get it done. And hopefully they have some new guys in here to help over the next couple days too. But uh, either way, massive series starts tonight. Um, let's hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. As the Phillies need to get off on the good foot tonight. They need Drew Smiley to hopefully be the Drew Smiley we all hope and think he can be so far after one start. Let's see that guy again. Uh, either way, we'll be back tomorrow to break it all down, to look ahead to the upcoming trade deadline and recap any last-minute moves that happen in all that and more tomorrow. So until then, go Phillies. And thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.